most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. A.G. Jones. Yes, sir. Welcome to episode 270 of Keeping Ooh! Up With The Joneses. 270. How are you? Cold. Are you wearing new earrings? Um, They're not new. Sarah Jackson bought them for me like a year ago. Right. I just don't wear them often and i saw them and i went oh, i haven't worn those yet uh give me your weekly update what has happened since the last time we were with these fine folks oh my goodness well i think everything is overshadowed by at the moment yes. we are waiting to hear back from a mom who's looking at a bunch of profiles uh, about uh who she would love to yeah have adopted her child it's so. always we'll talk tell a story in a second just mm. caveat it's always interesting podcasting because sometimes when we're podcasting we're uh, aware that what we're saying is out of date we're recording this on a saturday it's going to be released in two days normally we don't normally release our podcast way ahead of or record our podcast way ahead of time so we're releasing this saturday mm. it will come out monday mm. we've known about this for about a week yeah came out about last week yep and and here's my hesitancy like we're sharing this because we want to share it but potentially by the time you listen to this, things could have changed. Well, I don't think so, because we're not really supposed to hear anything back until, like, Tuesday. Yeah, but people might not listen to this episode until oh, Wednesday. That's Looking true. at the stats, there's a hardcore population who listen to it Monday as soon as it comes out. Yeah. And then there's, like, the slow tale of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. And, and well, yes, it really could have changed by the time you listened to it. And the way to know what's happening, if you want to follow our adoption journey, in all but real time, like, you know about half an hour after we know is to join our adoption newsletter at alanag.com slash adopt. But tell us where we're at and how we got to where we are. Well, about a week and a half ago, mm -hmm. there was a posting that we could respond to. So we were like, oh, so we prayed about that for about four or five days and then had a conversation with the um, adoption agency. Yep. Uh, this particular child's in Utah. And so mm -hmm. we were talking to them. And at the end of that phone call, we said, yes, we would love to be submitted to be, uh, considered. To be considered by this mom. And not to be pernickety, but you said child. This is going to be this a baby, a baby. That's born at the end of March. Yes. So the, it will be a child, but it will be a yes. baby. Yes, a baby that's being born at the end of March. And this mom is being presented with many families to choose from. Yes, so many families. So she has about a week. We're one of the families that is being considered. Yes. And so what that means is, potentially by the time you've heard this, maybe the mom picked somebody else, but maybe the mom picked us. Yeah. And, and we'll we have, have to, we're just waiting. By the end of March. We're just waiting. So what does that do to your like brain? Where have you been headspace? Uh, I've been a whole bunch of different places. So mm -hmm. I think I decided, well, first of all, once we were like, yes, we're in, the next day I felt like I got hit by the tired stick because I think I spent five or six days right. like, are we going to, are we not, are we going to, are we not, we are. And then the next day I was like, crash, you know, mm -hmm. so tired. But also I've been in this spot of like two different places. One, I want to live like I used to live as in batting down the hatches. Don't get excited. Don't get excited. Then you happen. can't be disappointed, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I'm started thinking like but if she does choose us i want to have enjoyed the excitement of this week and all the emotions that come along with it and i want to actually always be choosing a healthier way of processing things than i used to look at you and your therapy i know so i was like no i think i'm gonna choose to feel whatever i feel 
um, deal with those feelings in the moment, you know, like, so I have felt excited. I have felt fear, mostly like fear that she won't choose us. But then I'm yeah. like, and, and she really might not. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what's the statistics when 15 families are being presented? And I'm like, that's not going to help me, you know? So right. I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, God, this was your idea to begin with. And if this is yeah. our uh, baby, then she will choose us. So I'm sort of, you know, right now I feel peacefully excited. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this the other day. I mean, you went out on a date and we were just talking and kind of catching up where we're at. And I thought the beautiful thing about adoption is it forces you, forces you the wrong word. It very clearly brings into focus your powerlessness. Yes. And at the same time, illustrates what little control that you have, period, but what illusion of control you settled for when you were having biological children. So what I mean by that is, like, on hindsight, when we look back at the three kids we had, we had no power about when you would conceive. No. We had no power when you would deliver. No. We had no power over whether those children would be healthy or not. Right. And we had no power over how they will turn out. Yeah. We could influence all of those things, mm-hmm. but really no power. But what's curious is, in adoption, you're face-to-face with just how powerless you are. Well, and it's also the timeline is totally different. Like with your Mm -hmm. biological children, when you do eventually find out, oh, I'm pregnant, you have a nine-month process to Mm -hmm. get used to that and to get ready. We're not going to have that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, being as most agencies are pairing in the third trimester, Mm -hmm. yeah, you don't, you're going to have a much smaller amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's that too. Like in the back of my head, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, whether it, it is this baby or another baby, it's it's like, hurry up and wait. Like, it's, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Oh, they chose us. Oh, my goodness, we have so much to get ready. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. The other thing that we are very aware of is if they choose us, we have to... How much is this particular baby? This sounds so crass to even discuss this. Well, this is the what our life fees is like. are $62,000. Just the fees. So not the These cost of medical, traveling there right, yeah. or you know, going out of state or... Having to stay there for two weeks, our of end of the lawyer's fees. None of that's included. <laughs> okay. So 62000 Right now we have about 35000 Yes. So we're acutely aware that, oh, if this is the baby, we have to do some rapid fundraising. Yes. And supernatural and that, provision and in a couple And that doesn't weeks. include... All the other things, like, we'll need a crib, a car seat. Uh, you know, it was funny. I was talking to a friend of mine on the on uh, Facebook yesterday. and Not Facebook. What's it called? FaceTime. And, uh, and she was saying, well, you know, you probably have people in your community that would lend you those things. And I was like, yeah, except we can't do that because of the home study. So That's right. The home study requires that we have new, new not used. Yes. Or we had to have them here when the home study was done and approved for her to approve each item. So because we didn't, we actually, anything with a safety rating, we have to get new. Mm. We do have a, however, as of today, we do have a nursery, a pre-painted nursery that's ready. Well, it's not painted. That's why I said pre-painted. Oh, a pre-painted. Okay, I got you. It's just, what we have is a clean, em- clean, empty room, basically. Well, a bedroom that Abby was occupying, but we, she's moved bedrooms. We ousted the teenager mm-hmm. from that bedroom. So, yes, we could get space ready for said child. 
So we're in a world of and yeah, and it literally feels like it. it what I'm doing is making like go lists, like our making go lists like a boss. Like so, whenever the the mom picks us, whether it's this mom or not, we will need to get the following things sorted. Sorted, and then I'm doing any research I can ahead of time so we know what the things are. That we need. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a shaper. <laughs> this is a shaper trying to shape when you can't shape. Mm. Yeah. So I'm doing all of those kinds of things. If you would like to follow along with this journey in a more uh, on time than like a weekly podcast, like I said, go to alanajo.com slash adopt where you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, the people on our newsletter knew about this situation literally within about 20 minutes of us knowing about the situation because we love people praying for us in this yes. journey. Yeah. If you would like to help us with the financial cost of it, uh, if you go to alanajo.com slash adopt there, there's two different ways you can give. If you would like a U.S. tax receipt, you can give uh, via Lifesong for Adoptions. If you don't care about that or if you're outside of the U.S. and that makes zero difference to you, you can also give via our GoFundMe account. But both the links are on that page, both so links- it's it's easy to do, there. yeah. Okay, so that's the week overshadowed with that thing. Yes. What else happened this week in the midst of waiting for uh, the news about whether a mom I, I can't remember. I mean, you, you taught, taught... Romans. Yes, verse I taught by verse. <laughs> verse by verse through the first seven chapters of Romans mm-hmm. with Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll finish that this coming week. And that was in our school with our year two. Yeah. You love the whole verse by verse thing. I love it because I think... When you speed read any of the letters, you miss so much of the content that's there. Mm -hmm. And particularly with Romans, like it's such a deep dive if you're willing to take it. Um, And it's a great magnifying glass to examine your own heart. So I love Romans. Yeah, it's really good. You taught that. I taught last week the second part of my series on blessings. Yeah. And tomorrow I teach the third part of my message on blessings. Yeah. I I had so much fun. Needless to say, I had so much fun. Yeah, and then this week I was I was thinking about this week. This week was all meetings, which can sound down, but it wasn't. I was meeting with glorious people, and I had a great week in terms of like I love teaching, obviously, but I also love strategy and problem solving, and that's what our week was. Yeah, largely was that kind of those things. Yep, we had a date, but that's not that exciting. I mean, it was, but it's not like we didn't eat somebody. We didn't, we, didn't eat, somebody. we didn't eat somebody. No. We didn't eat somewhere <laughs> that new. That would have been exciting to talk about. <laughs> In other news, the Joneses are cannibals. Yes, no. The adoption update is interesting everything, but I'm sure what everybody's interested in on an update. What's wrong? There's um, kale sliding down your front teeth somehow. I've been eating seaweed. That's what so it is. It's not it's kale, seaweed. seaweed. <laughs> I was like, what is happening right now? Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, I know everybody's interested in the adoption, but what they're really interested in is how did the 50-hour sous vide brisket go? I was disappointed. Me too. And But here's the thing. like, To be fair, the texture was divine. Oh, the texture is amazing. It's, it like, just, it's like a fork through butter. I mean, it was it's divine. Fork butter. Yeah, the flavor was just not good, I think in part because we don't have a smoker. Yeah. So we had a really nice rub, and the rub and the bark yeah. tasted great. Yeah. But as soon as you got past that, you were like, ah, I don't know. Which is why on our date, we were researching smokers. <laughs> Dedicated to meat, baby. Dedicated to it's meat. It's Valentine's Day coming up, and I was asking Edgy what she wants to do for a date, and she doesn't want a date. She wants a smoker 
for it, Valentine's no, Day. That's right. And I was like, no, 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 we don't want a smoker. We want a second subwoofer. And I was like, for no, I really don't want a second subwoofer. So please pray for her that she comes to the light. <laughs> <laughs> and we get a smoker. Speaking of teeth, uh, oh. I, <laughs> I realized it made your faux pas. AJ was just like, hey, what's going on with our orthodontists? Like, they haven't they haven't called or checked up, and I don't know when the last time it was that our kids saw, and so called me at an appointment, and uh, we got an emergency appointment that day just to see where Abby is, and on the way, and I was like, yeah, why haven't they? And then I have this like misty thought go through the fog of my memory, and I remember they called about a year and a half ago oh and said, hey, your child's due for an orthodontist appointment. And I was like, yeah, what with COVID and everything? We're just going to leave it for a bit. We'll call you. So it wasn't them. It was it, us. It wasn't us. It was you. Okay. It was totally me. So that was kind of embarrassing. So we're rapidly getting our kids back into the orthodontist. But that was our week. We It was yeah. overshadowed by adoption. Yeah. We had semi-good meat, but not really. Yeah. AJ wants a smoker. I want a subwoofer. And there you go. And there we go. And, and uh, you know, for the rest of the podcast, I'm going to try and stay in the room. Because you're leaving in your head? Yes, I'm leaving in my head to, well, like, baby items. Okay, I see. Yeah. I check my email a lot to see if they've replied. I know, I, don't I think have they're to. going to reply on a Saturday. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they'll reply whenever she's decided. But. All right. Our main topic for this week. Yes. Continue. Like, last week, we were talking about money. We were talking about our childhood experiences with money. We are talking about the ungodly beliefs we grew up with about money. We are talking about how that kind of got rewired when we came to the church. This week, I want to talk about tithing. I've titled this, honestly, I had so much fun thinking about, like, real clickbait titles. Like, you know, why most churches are wrong about tithing, or you've been taught wrong about tithing. And I just don't have it in me to be... <laughs> manipulative basically with this clickbait title so i've titled it somewhat anemically the truth about tithing but one of the things i'm going to preach on tomorrow is the revelation i've had as i've been preparing it in that we weren't taught the truth about tithing okay and i would argue that most people in most churches don't know the truth about tithing because tithing is made up of three components and Generally speaking, my whole life, I've only ever heard about one of those things. Oh, well, this is exciting. Right. So, Okay, I'm ready. The component that everybody knows about tithing, which isn't enough, is tithing would be what? Giving 10%. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Right? That's the thing that the church focuses on. You give 10%. Mm-hmm. And that's the what, but they don't really tend to emphasize the where, and they don't tend to emphasize the when. Okay. You're looking blankly at me. Yes. Remember... I don't know how long like ago it was. where at church? <laughs> Number <laughs> when, of years ago. When they passed the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Number of years ago, I was having lunch with our friend Lyle Phillips. So Lyle and his dear wife, Allison, pastor a church here in Nashville called Legacy. Mm. Super uh, energetic, super fun. Lyle comes and speaks at our church and uh, we had lunch with him a couple of weeks ago. But yeah. this story happens a few years ago. I'm meeting with Lyle for lunch, and Lyle is high. I don't mean high on drugs. I mean just filled with passion because he's re- been reading this book, which I love. And if you have not read this book, probably pause what you're doing right now and just go buy it. It's called The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. An amazing book. Anyway, Lyle has read this book, and he's come to me, and he's filled with passion. He's filled with testimonies, and he's talking to me all about you know, tithing and blessing and extravagance and outrageousness. And Lyle's got this revelation about first fruits, right? And so I'm listening to Lyle, and he's talking about 
it's not enough that we give 10%. It's also important when we give our 10%. Right. And I'm like, what do you mean when we give our 10%? And so he's talking about the whole thing of like, you you need to bring your tithe immediately. It's like the first thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to him and, you know, I'm, I appreciate his passion. and But in my heart, I'm like, well, hang on, what he's saying, I'm running straight into the the practical reality of the way we tithe. Right. Which was we get paid, like many people in America, on the 1st and the 15th of each month. Yes. And so what we would do is, because on the 1st, all of our big expenses came yeah, out. Yeah, there was no wiggle room. Like our mortgage and our yeah. car payment and our car insurance, like the big heavy hitter responsibilities, is when we looked at what we had to pay for, we didn't have enough money to tithe on the 1st. No problem on the 15th on that paycheck. You do the whole month's tithe. We would tithe yeah. on the 1st and on the 15th. And in my head, I'm thinking, like in terms of each month, God's getting all his money. So Lyle's telling me about how important it is to tithe, you know, immediately. And I said, well, Lyle, like, I'm just thinking about what you're saying. And I explained that to him. And I was like, so are you telling me I'm not tithing? He says, not according to the Bible. And I was like, but but God still gets his money. Hey, on the 15th, like, I don't think you understand, Lyle. God still gets all of his money for February on February 15th. And he said, yeah, but for the 1st to the 14th, you're keeping his money in your pocket. And I was like, no, 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 but he still gets all the <laughs> no, money. there's nothing left in our pocket, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> and Lyle looks at me and he says, Alan, how much faith does it take to pay God last? Oh, harsh. So I punched him. No, I didn't. I I was I was like okay. Well, I I don't think I was okay. Yeah, I think I was just like, oh, he's been a bit religious because mm-hmm. you know when all is said and done, each month God has His money. But he was just like, no, no, it needs to be first. Well, what he said didn't leave me. And I remember coming home, and I remember telling you, and I probably had to pee in my bonnet about it. Listen to what Lyle said, blah, 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 blah. and what do you think? Blah, 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 blah. And, and I was like, our budgeting software <laughs> says something different. <laughs> But I had this thought, yeah. and I think we talked about this, is what if the reason that I think I can't afford to tithe is because I'm not tithing properly? Ah. Uh-huh. Because the famous passage in Malachi mm-hmm. says that, you know, if you tithe, bring the whole tithe the into the tithe, storehouse, yeah. see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And Lyle's point was like, I, I appreciate that you're giving God his money, but you're not actually exercising faith mm. so we talked about it do you remember this yes and we were like oh okay let's let i think i'm convicted by it mm-hmm. and the conviction was slow it took a couple of hours but it was that same day you and i decided okay for the rest of our lives what we're going to do is as soon as any money comes our way we're going to tithe on it immediately mm. and that means our next paycheck is coming coming up on the first and we're going to decide to give our tithe but that also means we can't pay our mortgage it also means we can't pay these things but we're going to trust god and i remember thinking is this wise yeah and i remember the holy spirit saying is it are you asking if it's wise to trust god and i was like okay i realize that's a silly question so we decided to yeah. And I don't remember what day it was, but we had a couple of, we had a, maybe a week or so, yeah. maybe 10 days, something like that, before that was going to happen. The day that we decided, the very next day, we got a random check for $20,000. We did? We did. You don't I remember I don't remember that? this. Yeah, because I remember calling Lyle and just saying, Lyle, 
you're you're sit down. You're not going to believe this." And I told him, "Hey, yes, man, our did. conversation is so." It so struck me, AJ and I came home, we made this covenant, we're going to do this, and guess what happened? He's like, what? I said, we haven't we haven't even implemented it yet. We just decided we're going to do it. We got a check for $20,000. He was so excited, and he was hollering. And I would say that when we learned to bring the tithe immediately, that was one of the watershed moments in our life when our finances changed. Yeah. Because the truth is, we had been tithers yes what i now call we've been givers of 10 percent our whole married life yeah but we hadn't seen financial breakthrough for most of our married life we, we saw pockets of it but we didn't see a consistent change in our finances mm-hmm. until we did that mm-hmm. i remember that that stands out as a watershed moment in our in our finances with tithing yeah N- not just the amount but the when yeah well i was thinking about like when, as you're saying that, yep. I'm thinking about other sort of moments for us in terms of like uh, just risking it, you yep. know, with that. And uh, do you remember when we lived at uh, at the first house that we lived in? I do. Oh, I know what story you're going to tell. And we started and we decided we wanted to start tithing 11% instead of 10. Yes. I and like that. financially, that was so hard. Like that was like one of those like... We want to do this. Do you remember where the impetus came from for doing that? I I don't other than I just remember you wanting to to like up the ante a little bit. Like, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't remember. And it's not like we were comfortable. No, no, but, I remember doing it. I don't yeah. remember why we did it. I don't remember if it was a testimony or a story or a challenge or I don't uh, remember. I don't remember, but I remember like we were looking for like we <laughs> We were still using like folding chairs and stuff in our house, and we were looking for like bar stools, yeah. and uh, we had we were had... using upside down cardboard boxes as bedside tables. Well, we did that until last year. Uh, <laughs> we didn't. Oh, two years I ago. I beg your pardon, darling. <laughs> I correct you. We graduated from upside down oh, folding TV tables <laughs> to <laughs> TV dinner tables. Yeah, TV dinner yeah. tables. Okay. Uh, until last year, but anyway. Yeah, we had folding chairs. Yeah, we had folding chairs, and uh, we had did have somebody living with us that had couches. And remember, they were moving, and so the right. couches were going to disappear. And then you're like, "I think we should tie the eleven percent." And I was like, "Okay." But I remember the Saturday night before we decided to give the eleven percent. The Saturday night, you and I were doing one of our famous dates, which is where you would wander around furniture stores or Bed Bath & Beyond or Ikea or whatever mm-hmm. and just dream. Do you remember yeah. that? We did so many of those we things. We did tons We would just hold hands and we'd wander around and we'd pretend we had money to buy things. Yes. And we'd looked at bar stools that night. Yes. And uh, and then the next day, uh, a neighbor that we didn't actually know that we, was we moving. Hitherto never spoken to. Yeah. They, we dropped off groceries at their house the first day they moved in and two years later. And they never, yeah, we never we had, ended we'd, up uh, never seen them. Yeah. They knock on our door. Yeah. They knock on our door and they're like, hey, we're moving. We have a bunch of things that we don't want to move with us. Do you want to let us know if you want any of these things? And so we go over and they have bar stools. They have two couches and uh, a trampoline a for the kids. gigantic trampoline. Yeah. Um, and we were like, I mean... Wow, you know, so it, it it just we just all of a sudden just felt like, oh, this is like a windfall of all the things that we were like, Lord, we need this, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't know we don't have any way of actually getting it in the natural that that was a that was another watershed moment where we learned to uh, 
give, if, if so to speak, mm. ab- above and beyond the tithe. Because mm. I think my history, and I don't want to blame my Scottish culture or my upbringing, mm. you know, <laughs> one hot chocolate, five straws. <laughs> but... <laughs> but I remember probably my relationship with the tithe was, the tithe was a ticket of entry to the kingdom of God. But don't you dare ask for the other 90%. Right. Like, like you can have the 10% because I was raised well. Like, that's yours. But the 90% is mine. Don't you dare ask. And I remember being confident when there would be there would be at conferences and there would be an offering. I just remember being completely resolute that I don't need to give because I tithe. I've, I've already tithed. Yeah. Right? And didn't have a revelation of tithes and offerings, which we'll talk about in another episode. But the, I think that kind of nudging the needle past the 10%, I just thought it was so funny that the night before, those were the things we were dreaming about. And the next day, because it was Sunday afternoon, like we'd gone to church, we'd given 11% on mm-hmm. our tithe. We didn't give, we, yes, we we tithe 10% and gave we 1%. We returned, yeah. Yes. And then it was that afternoon, they knocked on the door and I was like, are you kidding? Like, that is the craziest thing ever. That's the what and that's the when. The where seems to have debate in the church. Okay. Where do you... Do you Oh, where the do, where? Where uh, do we? Yeah, where do, do we? Where do we give it? Where do we give it? Yeah, where do we give it? Well, well, we give it to church. We give it to our church that right. we go to. Yes. Yes. I've met, and you probably have too, lots of people who say, "Well, I tithe. I tithe," and they do, but they're like, "I give a little bit here and a little bit there, and I support my missionary friends, and I do this, and I give some to the church." Right. And I'm like, uh. Okay. B- biblically, I think it goes to the church. Biblically, it goes to the church, and all those other people would come out of giving. Like, right. Yeah. But the the problem with that is, uh, you know, in Malachi, the verse that I think has been misused over the years is, uh, you know, it says, bring it to the storehouse so there may be uh, food in my house. Mm-hmm. And so people would argue, well, that's not actually the church. You okay. with me? Like, yeah. storehouse isn't the equivalent of a New Testament church. Okay. And I would argue, well, it says so that there may be food in my house. Mm -hmm. So I think you want to pay where you're fed. Yes. So, like, I don't go to J. Alexander's, then leave without paying, and then go over to Chipotle. And And give them the money. And give them a portion of the money. Right. I, you know, I want to give. And I think, and I'm, you know, if you're curious about this, I'll put a link in the show note to a service that hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Because this but is it Saturday. will happen tomorrow. <laughs> God willing, it will happen tomorrow where I will preach. And I'll put a link in the show note to it where I talk about the parallel scriptures about uh, first fruits and tithing. And what's interesting in both those cases, it says both of them are brought to the house of the Lord. Mm. Now, in those days, the house of the Lord would be different than what the house of the Lord is today. But commonly, what we refer to as the house of the Lord is your church. local church. Yeah. So I want to encourage you, if you are not tithing, I would encourage you to start tithing. Yeah. If you have been tithing but realize, like, I I mean, my whole life I thought we were tithing. I now realize I was just giving 10% on on my schedule. Oh, yeah, I got you. Rather than actually tithing. Uh, Tithing because we were doing it the wrong time. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I I would play around with that. And if you're like, actually, I've been... Because one of the arguments I've heard from people who say, well, I give a little bit here and 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 then some to the church, is that who's going to support those other things if I give to the church? And my answer to that is, if you faithfully tithe, Mm. as it is in Scripture, I believe God will give you so much that you can afford to not only tithe, but give to those people and have leftovers. Yes. 
And there's also churches like our church who tithe a 10% of everything that comes in from all of the tithes to support missions yes. and all you know different ministries. And so stuff, but, straight off the bat, yeah. at least 10% of everything that comes in from our offerings at Grace Center yes. goes to our missions, to our compassion fund, to our food pantry. Yeah. We were talking to our kids this afternoon. There's a beautiful chapter of Proverbs, Proverbs 3 where Solomon's teaching his son, saying, hey, I want you to be really wise, and you know, I don't want to depart from the scriptures. And we were talking about the upside-down nature of the kingdom, because in Proverbs 3, it also talks about not leaning on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God. Yeah. And we just got to share with the kids story after story after story, where we've done things that hasn't made sense to the rational mind. Yeah. But watching God not only come through for us, but do amazing things. Yes. And I think tithing has that challenge about it because what God's saying is, hey, hey, if you give me this, you'll end up with more than if you hadn't given me it at all. Which is hard to believe. It doesn't make sense to the logical mind. Yeah. But we've just, our joy is in watching the Lord do that time and time and time and time and time and Mm. time and time again. So good. I have a listener's question about tithing. Oh. And it's tricky, and I'll be honest with you, I don't have an answer off the top of my head. So you're not going to ask me the tricky I'm question? I'm hoping that you you will just access oh. all the revelation of heaven. Oh, dear. You'll okay. forget that your nose is cold and you can't I'm think. I'm so cold, and my toes are cold. It's so cold in here. <laughs> That's fulfilling my prophecy. <laughs> okay, you ready for a listener's question? Mm. This is from somebody who said that I would prefer to stay anonymous. Mm-hmm. I tithed years ago when I was single. Mm. Now I'm married, and my husband wrestles with tithing because of feeling manipulated into tithing in churches in the past. Mm. I would love to tithe, but he's our main income and he doesn't want to. What are your thoughts? Just FYI, I don't pressure my husband, and I'm not looking for justification to push him into tithing. Maybe my overall question is, how to live abundantly while having a husband who's a believer, but definitely on a very different page? Um, I think my gut response is... Uh, you know, tithe on anything that's directly given to you, like, you know, gifts, anything that the wife is directly, you know, earning the income. Yeah, you could tithe on those things. And I would just pray that the Holy Spirit would soften his heart to want to tithe. Mm -hmm. I would also like to repent on behalf of people like us pastors who have produced the fruit in people where they felt manipulated into tithing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't know how many manipulative altar calls that I have heard, but mm-hmm. it it's honestly shocking. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would like to start there and just kind of repenting for that. Mm. And, and I agree with AJ. I think your prayers of like, Father, I... I'm asking that you would yeah. just speak to my husband's heart, that you'd minister to him. I would like to tithe. Would you speak to my husband's heart? Right. And I love I love yeah. that idea of like tithing what you can. Yeah. So like this sound, might sound weird, but we tithe. Like if I get a birthday present, I don't tithe the birthday present because I can't cut up 10% of a Sonos speaker or right. whatever. But if I'm given money, I tithe yeah. the 10%. If it's cash, then, that's, then it, we've yeah. any increase that comes to us, we've we've tithed. Well, we don't try and tithe on a gift card or something like that because you can't like cut a portion off of well, it a depends. gift card. Well, depends. Sometimes we trade the gift card for cash, and I do. Well, then we yeah tithe on it. But, as soon as it becomes cash in hand, it gets yeah, tithed upon. I'm yeah. trying to encourage you that yeah. like you know you can you can practice the fine art of that. This might be manipulative. I don't mean it to be manipulative. 
I don't think that you can read The Blessed Life by Robert Morris without catching the infection of wanting to be generous. Okay. And so I'm just wondering, Anonymous, if you were to read that book, whether that would be a launching pad for the Holy Spirit. Like, I could just, I had a picture of your husband going, what are you reading? And you just waxing lyrical. And that's where I'm like, I'm not trying to be manipulative. I, I get what you're saying, but I'm also thinking, if I read that book and desperately wanted to tithe, and that made me even want to tithe even more, and you didn't want to tithe. But my hope is that he would read the book and be like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's the worst advice <laughs> I ever. I don't know. But I'm just, I'm, I'm, I like I love your heart. I love that you're like, ah, I would love to tithe. I'm imagining you've already had a conversation, Anonymous, but I wonder what it's like to have that conversation. You know, I remember Steve Long. I talked about this last week. Steve Long saying, you know, let's do a money-back guarantee. I wonder if you could just say to your husband, hey, my heart is being stirred in this direction. Can we try something for a couple could, of months? Could we tithe for a couple of months and track what happens with our finances or... Yeah. I mean, you'll know your husband and you'll know if that's a bad idea or a good idea. Yeah. But I love, I love the heart of a praying wife. Yep. Come on. Powerful. (laughs) One one of my heroes, Jack Deere, uh, he was the staunch cessationist and he's the least likely candidate to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And his wife had encountered the Holy Spirit and she'd just prayed for him. So I'm a firm believer in, in the Lord speaking to husbands we've had that like the lord's given you revelation about financial decisions that there's no way i'm going to go for yeah and rather than try and persuade me you've just prayed i just pray and then i have a dream or you know the lord will speak to me independently be like hey guess what and you're like oh (laughs) yep really okay i'm aware that we've got steaks in the sous vide upstairs we do have steaks in the sous vide my feet are freezing yes so i want to land this plane I do want to remind people that I'm getting ready to launch a course where we're going to do a deep dive into all of this. I had a question this week from somebody saying, hey, I hear you're teaching on this at Grace Center. What is the difference between the stuff you're teaching at Grace Center and the stuff you're doing on the course? The stuff that I'm doing at Grace Center is by necessity limited. I'm only teaching four weeks. Yeah. My, my teaching time is anywhere between 20 minutes and 40 minutes. Mm. So there's tons of stuff on the cutting floor. The course that I'm teaching has got nine lessons that are all so practical. And of course, I'm going to cover some of the stuff that I've been talking about at Gray Center. Yeah. But the where I'd say is if you've enjoyed the the course at Gray Center, if it's been stirring you, if you've got questions, if you're like, oh, I want to hear more about that, if you'd like to learn about some of the more practical things about uh that that I don't cover have a look at the course. See if it's something that is, uh, you know, wetting your appetite. And I say, have a look at the course, but right now I haven't even revealed what the curriculum is. <laughs> I'm Right now I'm collecting emails of people who are interested. And if you're interested in being sent information as soon as it's available, go to alanandaj.com slash more. And there's a page there where you can just put in your email and I will send it out to you. It's going to be a work at your own progress. Is that what you call it? Work at your own progress? Pace. Work at your own pace. Yeah where you, week by week, will just work through as much or as little of the course as you want, then I will meet with you on a Saturday where I'm going to be available to answer questions. Well, and that's the big difference. Like when you say, what's the difference? It's not just that there's more content. It's that they get to meet with you on a call, ask questions. That I think is helpful too. Not only that, but one of the things I love doing when we taught the Boundary Summer School is we built this kind of like closed 
forum where, you know, if you can't make a call, you can ask your questions offline and I'll answer them either on the live call or I'll, you know, respond to them in this forum. There's also going to be like little practical tools. Like one of the things that um, I talk about on the course and one of the things we've used for years, which is going to sound so anally retentive, but it's remarkable, is a spreadsheet that I'm going to upload that you can use. It's a template that we use that tracks our giving and our receiving. Remember that little song you learned as a kid, count your blessings, name them one by one? Yeah, we can name them because we track them. (laughs) But it's so encouraging. And what we've now got is years of history where we can look at what we've given and what we've received and it's a constant reminder so when we go through a season where we're like oh lord this like is right now tight, we're like we need a miracle we can look back and go god you were faithful then yeah. you'll be faithful here yeah and so i'm really excited you know my my passion is to train and to equip people and i would love to spend time with you helping you have a different relationship with your money again alan and aj.com slash more for all that information if you'd like the show notes, go to alanandaj.com slash 270. Mm-hmm. And if you've got any questions that you want to ask us about this topic, about anything that's coming up, go to alanandaj.com slash ask and you can ask us questions. And if you would like to become a member of the show, support the show, get video access, get priority Q&A, get discounts to things like the course I've just talked about or discounts on AJ's books, you can go to alanandaj.com slash join to learn more about that. All right. Well, thank you for being with us, and we will be with you again next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.